Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins and it's great to have your company. This is a podcast about the Camino de Santiago, a series of ancient pilgrimages across Europe. A pilgrim is a walker, a talker, a thinker, a sharer, a carer. And I was in an outdoor shop during the week and took a picture of a poster. It said, hiking is the answer. Who cares what the question is? Well, you know, I released a song a few weeks ago, somewhere along the way, the Camino song, and it's really been well received. I can't help thinking the Camino is providing. And I received an email from Bernie Bonar during the week, a US pilgrim, and he said, just want to say I really appreciate your podcast and I regularly listen on training hikes. I thought we'd begin by asking if hiking is the answer. Who cares what the question is? Hey, Bernie. How are you doing, Dan? Thanks for talking with me. Where did you first hear about the Camino de Santiago? So a couple different places. Um, my mother, who passed away about oh three months before my very first pilgrimage, was a very, very dedicated Catholic. And her parish priest had walked the Camino twice, and she had read all the books about it and seen the movies and was really, really excited about it. Um, and so I learned from her about it as she knew that I, being a lifelong kind of endurance athlete, um, might be interested in doing it at some point. So I have a good friend, John Thoreau, who um, had posted on Facebook for a couple of years of trips that he had done as well. So I got to see pictures and, and his posts from, from Facebook from his different Caminos that he had done. And he happened to send one out hey, this year I'm going to do the Via de la Plata. Who wants to go? <laughs> so all of that came together, and uh, I ended up messaging him back and saying, hey, let's have lunch and talk about it. And it all went from there. So this, tell us about your Caminos then, because you've, you've done quite a few. It's really had quite an impact on you, hasn't it? It, it definitely has. I mean, it's, it's life-changing. Um, in 2016 was the first year with John, and uh, we went on the Via de la Plata from Sevilla um, to Santiago, and uh, then got into Santiago and spent a day there, uh, took the bus to Orense, I'm, I'm sorry, to uh, Oviedo, and uh, did the uh, Camino Primitivo, um, after we did the Primitivo from, uh, from Oviedo, we walked to Finisterre and Musha. Um, and then at that point, we ended up taking the bus down to Valencia, Portugal, and did the last of the Portuguese. So the first year, we actually walked uh, some 1,500 kilometers. Um, how long did all of that take? Sorry to interrupt you, Bernie, but how long did all of that take? That trip was about... Um, about 11 weeks. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go back. Yeah. So um, about 11 weeks. So we averaged about 15, 16 miles a day. Um, and uh, and I realized on hindsight that it was probably a little more than I really wanted to do. <laughs> By the end of it, it was, it was uh, I, I was ready for home. Um, then last year, 2017, we decided to do the Camino de Levante. Do you know of it? No. So the Camino de Levante goes, it's probably the longest 
Camino within Spain. It leaves from Valencia in the very southeast of Spain. And it's a very, very lightly, lightly traveled Camino. The infrastructure for it is is not like the other Caminos, not too many albergues, not, uh, not too many pilgrims. So you don't see too many peregrinos. I think the first 23 days, we'd only seen six other pilgrims. And it was really a tough, tough pilgrimage for me. But I did come away with, you know, every year I come away with a kind of a big takeaway, which I, we can talk about too. Um, so that was last year. This year was really pretty awesome. We went to Italy and did the Via di Francesco, which is Florence to Assisi to Rome. And then I flew and, and went with several other pilgrims that I, I had planned on meeting, and we walked the Primitivo again. So that was, that was this year, Italy and Spain. How wonderful. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from San Diego. I'm from uh, North County, San Diego. Um, I grew up in L.A., and uh, I was an elementary school teacher for 31 years, kind of have always had contribution in my DNA. And the Camino really, really plays into that as well. Um, and uh, once I retired eight years ago, um, uh, just decided to, to start being a serial uh, pilgrim. So this year we're going to be going to uh, Spain and doing the Camino del Norte. But, but really excited about before we walk this year, I'm going to be going to Murcia in southern Spain, and I'm going to be working with Galgos del Sol. Do you know about Galgos, Dan? No. So Galgos are Spanish greyhounds that they use in Spain for hunting. And at the end of the season, uh, many, many, many thousands are just done away with. I won't. I won't give you any any horrible details, but if you want to look up and learn about the, the demise of the Galgos, you can you can certainly do that. So we're going to be going to a, a dog rescue place in southern Spain and working for a week before we start our pilgrimage. But they're they're beautiful creatures and they really, really have a, a, a very difficult um, time uh, in, in the Spanish um, hunting community. You know. It's interesting, Bernie, people from overseas see Californians and particularly Southern Californians as being really laid back people. Is that a fair assessment? Um, I think generally, you know, it certainly depends on what part of California you're from. You know, here in, in, in San Diego, I think most people are pretty laid back and, and pretty easygoing. Um, you know, it's I, I don't know that it's really different from anywhere else. Um just depends on who, who you bump up against. I think it's all in, in how you are with them. I'm, I'm the kind of person that uh, I, I talk with anyone. So we're in line somewhere. I, I'm going to strike up a conversation um, and uh, try to find out, you know, what lights up that person. What is, it, what is it that makes you really, really happy and what in life, you know, lights you up? And uh, I think when you, when you have that kind of a mentality towards others you're gonna you're gonna get get it back yeah well you're you're a teacher or a former teacher i think you probably always be a teacher what have you learned being a pilgrim 
Gosh. Um, you know, I, the, the first year that I walked, I really, um, I, I had a sense growing up, I had a very uh, difficult childhood. My, my father was very abusive. He was an alcoholic. And I really, you know, felt like, you know, gosh, you know, it's okay. I made it through. I, I went to college. I became a teacher, became a parent, you know. I really, I really was able to deal with that. But, but in fact, as I started my first Camino, um, what, what I really found that I was a person that was really, really careful. It, it created in me someone who um, strove to avoid chaos. Um, and and, and be, as a result of that, I was always, you know, thinking about the what ifs, thinking about planning ahead. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I was never really able to just relax in the moment. And the Camino, you can't plan ahead, as you well know. You, you're, ne you're never sure where you're going to stay or if you're going to get a place or what it's going to be like. So I really, really found that it allowed me to be able to just simply relax in the moment and, and let the Camino flow. So that was a huge takeaway that first year. And have you managed to continue to take that with you ever since? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, you know, as many people, um, we get stressed out at little things, you know, you're in the car and, and somebody, you know, is, is in your way and you can't turn right at a street or in your case, you can't turn left in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you you let it aggravate you. You let it um, you let it take away from your tranquility, as it were. So I really, as I, as I got back home and I thought about those kinds of situations, I started implementing different techniques to be able to retain that sense of of just relaxing in the moment. One of them, I put a little teeny emblem on my rearview mirror in my car of a small um a small image of a buddha and it, and it says around the buddha it says chill bro and that allows me to when i see that and rub it it allows me to relax in the moment it's a great idea it's a, such a great idea boy we could all do with more patience on the roads no matter where you are and where you're listening what do you think you learned about others being a pilgrim? Um, gosh, you know, I think when you're on the Camino and you meet people like uh, this, this year when I walked, I walked with a friend that I had met who was from Tokyo, uh, um, uh, Toyota-san. And, uh, and, and we walked with people, of course, from Spain, from the Netherlands, from, from Argentina, from all over the world and you learn that really really everyone has the same desires they they want to they want to have meaning in their life they want to be happy and have purpose they want to um be interested in your life um i think that people on the camino are really really a lot better at at being able to listen uh, it's very, very difficult to be a generous listener. And uh, that's something that I, I practice on the Camino and, and think about. And, and I think others do as well.
What's the best thing about being a pilgrim then? I think the best thing about being a pilgrim is just being able to take a time out from your daily life. Yeah. Uh, my wife is still working three days a week as a, as a dentist. And so I take care of all the minutia at the house, taking care of the dogs, taking care of the bills, taking care of the people that, that need to work on the house or whatever it is. And just letting all that go and being simple. Just all you have is what's in your pack. And all you need to do is walk and appreciate. Um, so the simplicity of the walk and, and being um, only, only concerned with what's ahead of you, what's around the next corner, um, and connecting with your fellow pilgrims is such a blessing, such a, such a benefit in our lives that many people don't get the opportunity to do. How do you explain the Camino, Bernie, to people back in San Diego when they ask about it? How do you explain it to them? It it is, as you know, it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really really hard. Um, you know, I think I I um, I I really let them visualize what it would be like. As I said, to to not have the trappings of our of our fast paced life on us and with us for the entire day to be able to um to let everything go and to just revel in the beauty of many many sections of the camino um so i talk with them about that uh, let them know that um you know meeting the different people from all around the world for me, being a representative of the U.S. Um, as a caring, global, you know, generous citizen is really, really important to me, especially in, in today's political climate here. Um, I won't say any more about that. <laughs> but, but I think just being able to uh, allow them that they would have this sense of, of freedom and simplicity and, and calm that the Camino brings, that's what I let them know it's about. Let's go to the Camino. And I, I sort of regularly ask people about pack size and weight, etc. But I want to take a bit of a different tack this week. Tell me your favorite Camino story. Wow. Um, let me think. Um, so... So I think probably my favorite story was a day we were walking into Ogudinha. That's on the Via de la Plata. And we had gone, it was a very difficult day, a lot of mileage, probably 23 miles. So what's that, 35K or yeah. something like that. <laughs> and, um, and we got into Gudinia, and I just had a sense of foreboding in this town. It was kind of a town that had tall, you know, kind of industrial-looking uh, buildings. It wasn't a cute little village like many times we see. And we went to the albergue, and it was closed because they'd had a bedbug infestation, which of all these months that I've been on the Camino, I've never been bitten once, so... 
listeners, don't worry. <laughs> um, and at any rate, we we found out there was a temporary um, albergue set up, and it. So we went there, but at this point, there were eight of us in our in our family, as you well know happens we had three people from from spain we had a guy from the netherlands we had a german we had a french guy and a japanese guy and myself and my partner so anyway we get to the um to the uh, temporary albergue and there weren't enough beds so we went to the bar of course and had had a vino tinto and um and the the Spanish guys, of course, were very, very fluent, and and they found out that there were no hotels available in the town because there was a like a quad, you know, uh, uh, rally in town. Uh-huh. It, was a, it was a big, big event. So everything was was filled. So we were we had done twenty three miles, and and we were there, and it was about five thirty at night, and and it was like, okay, what next? So they just, you know, tranquilo you know, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. And, and of course, my makeup is, is worrying and, and wondering about what, what are we going to do? And, and I just, I, I tried to practice my relaxing in the moment. And, and finally, we, we ended up taxiing to a, to another town about 20 kilometers past there. There were eight of us, so we had to do the same taxi twice. And we got to, um, this next town and really there was no room there either <laughs> so at this point it's i don't know maybe 7 30 at night and eight eight o'clock and we're all hungry and we're in this bar and they end up feeding us and the long story short was we we ended up about 9 30 the woman at the bar took us all to this house and we all had our own bedroom and our own shower it was beautiful and and it just ended up totally fine and uh, and i i just something came to me from that it's just like all doesn't come in your time but it does come and so i i learned a big lesson from that was was just again trusting in, in what might happen on the camino because generally everything is always going to work out great and you just have to be patient did you meet a camino angel well, I think several that night. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the taxi driver that probably didn't care to do two drives. It was not an easy drive um, twice. And um, and of course, the people at the uh, at the bar that ended up somehow finding somewhere that was set up that we could stay there because everything was full. And were you at any stage on any of your Caminos? Were you someone's Camino angel? Uh, yeah, yeah, we were in um, El Real de la Joba, which was also on the Via de la Plata. And, and as you know, I'm a, I'm a ukulele builder and I'm a ukulele player. And this Camino, I had brought one with me. And I know you had brought your guitar when you went as well. So we were playing, we were in, in the uh, municipal albergue there. And we were playing, just singing some Beatles songs and with some different people. I think it was uh, Florian from Germany and, and Tim from the Netherlands and, and myself. And, and the hospitalero there was from Colombia. And his name was Manuel. And he said, you know, you, you guys should really go down to the retirement home 
and and see if they might like you to play for them. So we thought, you know, oh gosh, I don't know, you know, maybe we maybe we could do that. And and so we ended up biting the bullet. We went down and found out where the retirement home was, and Manuel had called them. And so we went into this inner courtyard, like the uh, the Spanish homes are, and they started bringing out these, you know, very very old Spanish retirees that were in in various forms of of awareness and and uh, health, and they brought out probably thirty of them into this courtyard, and so the five of us ended up playing for I don't know maybe forty five minutes. Um, playing Beatles songs and, and all different kinds of, of, of old tunes that they might know. And at the end of it, you know, they, they, they served us the cookies and lemonade and, and they actually had one of their, um, one of their residents ended up singing some flamenco song, which was really, really awesome. Um, and everyone of course gave him applause and, and we walked out of there thinking, gosh, you know, if, if I don't do one more thing with this ukulele the rest of the trip, uh, that was really worth it to put a smile on, on all of these uh, elderly people's face. That's a great story. I love that. Hey, so did you get a sense, Bernie, of sadness? Uh, you, because you've arrived now in Santiago a few times. As you're approaching the end of your Camino, do you get a feeling of sadness? I don't. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I think I was more uh, kind of a good story to tell, too, here. Um, so the very first time we walked into Santiago, I had walked with a friend of mine, Oscar, who is very, very Catholic. He's, he's, he's originally from Argentina, but he's, he's Italian. And, uh, and so he, of course, we called him the Comandante. He <laughs> speaks every language you could name. He's the one that went to uh, Italy with me this year. At any rate, he was a very, a, a big stand for me in kind of getting back in touch with my Catholic roots. So, cause I'd fallen away from the church, you know, after having the issues with my dad and, and, uh, anyway, when we got into Santiago the very first time, um, after the Via de la Plata, I ended up going to confession, which is now called reconciliation. And I know you're Catholic as well, right? Yeah. So I, I went in. This is kind of a, a fun story. He, he, he kind of was a, a stand for me to, to uh, you know, go ahead and, and, and do confession. And so I, I went to a booth in the cathedral, which confessional, which said, you know, Italian, uh, Spanish, and English. And so I, I got in there and, you know, did the usual bless me father for I have sinned. It's been 55 years since my last confession. <laughs> so the priest said, well, the priest said, well, my English is not very good, but wow. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <True> story. <laughs> and it was really, really great because because it was much less about recrimination and it was much more about reconciliation. And I think that's maybe the way the church is going uh, these days. You know, didn't give me penance, um, really just let me know that, that Jesus was, you know, really, really happy that after all the issues in, in my life that I had found my way back to him. So that made that 
arrival in in Santiago really really exciting. Um, and as we had you know much more to do after that, I really wasn't saddened. And and every year I've gone, I really have never been sad uh, having fin- finished uh, the Camino. I feel great. Yeah, yeah. And tell us about then arriving in Santiago. What do you make of it? The square. Um, oh, well, it's, it's um, you know, some, I, I'm one, some people cry, some people are, are ecstatic. Um, it's almost, for me, more about along the way. It's not the destination. It's, it's the way um, that is, for me, more valuable. Um, it's beautiful, you know, watching the Bota Fumero swing is spectacular, can't be, can't be duplicated. Um, but I don't get a sense of real, uh, ecstasy from, from finishing this, you know, this undertaking. Uh, as I'd said early on, I, you know, lifetime of endurance stuff, I had done six Ironman triathlons and 40 some marathons. And so it's kind of always been in my DNA, the, the long distance kinds of uh things so the the finishing of it was not something that struck me maybe as much as it does others did you just say you've done 40 plus marathons yes two bostons six full ironmans so a lifetime of endurance stuff what do you think is the allure of marathon why do you think you're so so keen to run these long distances yeah good question uh you know, I think back when I started, uh, a big part of it was really um, because of the conditions of my growing up, uh, having a sense of, of low self-esteem. And I think it really allowed me, it was something that really only took um, stick to if you will, yeah. to be able to run a marathon or even do an Ironman. Um and that allowed me to generate a better sense of self-esteem. And you just kind of get hooked on it. I mean, it's not unlike any, any, any other kind of addiction. You know, you get hooked on the endorphins of, of doing the long-distance stuff. Well, goodness me, 40-plus marathons, that's quite an extraordinary achievement. But, Bernie, let, let's talk then about uh, nuts and bolts. On the Camino, do you get blisters? Well, that's that's a good question because that's one of the things I'm quite proud of. <laughs> I've done over what three thousand five hundred kilometers, and I've never gotten one blister. Wow! And yeah. and, and what sort of shoes do you wear then? So I use um, La Sportiva. Here's our here's our plug, La Sportiva, which is an Italian brand of trail runner. So it breathes really well, very light. I use only one pair of uh, smart wool, you know, merino wool socks. But I think the big part is I stay light. I'm, I'm about 5'11", and I only weigh about 155. And I train. I mean, I will. we have some great trails here in San Diego, and, and I'll go out with my pack. And before we actually leave on a Camino, I probably will have done 20 25 different hikes of more than 25 kilometers and uh, with a pack. So, uh, you know, I'm a a big proponent of of really being prepared so that when you 
when you're there, you can relax and you can enjoy it um, and not struggle with the blisters and whatnot. Uh, you know, I, I, I do. I, I have been obviously lucky as well um, with the with the blisters, but so far so good. I think it's incredible that quite a lot of people arrive in Saint Jean without really doing any preparation in terms of fitness. Yeah. Um, yep. And they find themselves at the top of the Pyrenees, thinking, "Oh my goodness, what on earth have I got myself in for?" But then you yep. see them. If if only a week later, and they have remarkable change in their level of fitness. So it doesn't take, if anyone's listening, it doesn't take a great deal of exercise to get yourself reasonably fit before you go, does it? It does not. No, it really doesn't. And many people prefer to just kind of walk themselves into shape. Some of my hiking partners, John, um, that's kind of what, what his approach has been. It's just, you know, uh, it's kind of like the Tour de France. They say the first first week, you know, is you're just kind of getting yourself in shape for, for racing the, the full three weeks. Um, and it's, it's definitely a way to do it. It's not, not the way that I'd want to do it, but it's certainly, it, it doesn't, you don't need to do it the way I do it. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of uh, type A about, about training and preparation. But many, many people, as you say, uh, do remarkably well with very, very little training. Yeah, yeah, and and quite older people too seem to charge past you, and you think, goodness me, and and they just seem to have a, an inbuilt and inner depth of stamina that they can draw on. It's quite extraordinary. I wanted to yeah, ask no. you, yeah, go on. Yep, yeah, I was just going to say it's it's just walking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just walking. <laughs> hey, what about the? I call it the Camino Flame. The, there's a kind of there's a kind of warmth in your heart, if you like. Uh, if, if you've been back in San Diego for a little while, do you feel it sort of diminishing it a bit and you sort of need to get back there to, to rekindle it? Um, you know, I really, really take pains to really keep it present. Um, I kind of have a, a, a ritual in the morning where I, when I wake up, I do a, a stretching routine before I even get out of bed. That's a, just kind of a lower back um, stretch that, that, uh, a fitness guy has kind of taught me. And I utilize that as well as kind of a visualization, um, for my day. Um, and it, and it really centers me into where I want to be. And it's really that feeling of what, what we feel on the Camino. And that is a sense of calm and a sense of appreciation, um, and a sense of of letting go of, of having to have control and a, a sense of, of really relaxing, as I said, in the moment. So every day I really kind of visualize that as I'm waking up and getting ready to get out of bed. Um, but, you know, it definitely, this is, like I say, it'll be my fourth year in a row, and I really look forward to, uh, to getting back out there, meeting new people, um, and I'm going to be going with a, a, a new guy. It'll be his first Camino. He's actually Basque, which is really exciting because we're going to be doing the Norte, which starts in the heart of the Basque country. And uh, so it's, it's exciting in that way. And, and I think you can keep it alive if you, if you really make an effort to do so. Are you someone who organizes where they're going to stay each night? You you talked about trying to avoid chaos and, and needing some order in your life. You... I have 
Yeah, yeah. I have to be honest. I, I, I utilize the uh, Wise Pilgrim app, and I have used Booking.com in the past. Um, and yeah, I still, I still, I don't, I don't reserve, um, but I do look ahead from day to day and just kind of have a feel for where I might want to stay. But then again, you, you know, you never know if that place is going to be filled or if uh if they're going to even be be still there in business you never know so i do try to try to look ahead and see what might be available and i do have an idea of, of how far we're going to go for the day um and uh and just kind of go from there but but realize that you know you have to be flexible what do you make of the spanish people oh gosh i love them um we uh, a quick ukulele story. I was in uh, Casitas, and uh, and, a, and a, I'm a huge dog guy. As I as I said, I'm going to be volunteering at the dog rescue place, and and we saw this young woman with uh, two golden retrievers, and so they they call me a dog boy because every dog I see, I miss my own dog so much that I that I want to go up and pet them. So I was doing that, and and I yelled over to a friend of mine. Um, John, who, who's walking with me, I said, John, look at, look at these dogs. And, and, and the woman, because I'd spoken Spanish to her, the woman goes, oh, my gosh, you guys are American? And she said it literally that way. Her English was flawless. And I said, well, we're, you know, gosh, how did you get such good English? And she said, TV. <laughs> <laughs> at any rate, any rate we, uh, I gave her my card. She, she wanted to follow us on our, on our Camino on Facebook. And so when I gave her my card, it had a picture of a ukulele that I built. And so she she goes oh my god you play ukulele and i said well I, not only do i play them i i make them and she goes oh she was crazy she was beside herself so after the end of about a 10 minute conversation i said you know paula i'm just gonna make you a ukulele and mail it to you and so that's what i did as i said before i i try to give some away so i made her a ukulele a beautiful tenor uh koa ukulele and i lasered in i have a, a buddy that owns a trophy shop he lasered in an image of a golden retriever up on the head plate by the tuners and i ended up mailing it to her and she got it and uh and we still keep in touch i got to see her last year she lives in valencia now and uh so so it was just one small conversation of someone that I really hit it off so well with that that really changed both of our lives and uh and we've had many many experiences with with different people they're always always there to help you and uh they're they're beautiful people gosh that's a great story as well you know as a teacher bernie you're used to caring and sharing and nurturing did you get a sense that other pilgrims were reaching out to you because you were that person searching, I suppose, for something and, and maybe you were able to show them the way to find it. Um, God, good question. Uh, um, you know, I think, I think so. Um, I can't think of any particular instances where that, that might've occurred. Um, but I think really realizing that, you know, I was, uh, I was a stand for, for, you know, for being a help to anyone that was there. You know, it, it comes through people, people sense that. And, um, and I think they really appreciated it. And, and again, like I say, we've, we've, we've made friends from all over the world on these trips and, and still stay, stay close in touch. Did you listen to music while you walked? You know, the first year I did, 
Um, and I, and I haven't since, um, I kind of got out of the habit of it and I really, the last two, two, uh, two years I have, have not listened to music. Um, I think I realized I wanted to be more in the moment and allow nature to speak to me. We were on a, one day we were on a, a long walk where we, we ended up walking it was crazy. We ended up walking 17 miles on the bed of a railroad track that was under construction. So it was literally, Dan, it was 17 miles of totally flat, straight surface. And I'm, I'm not sure why we did that. But we're, it was early morning, and, and we're walking along, dead quiet, and down below us, below this bed from where the high-speed rail train was going to be put in, were two wild boar that came flying across this, this probably six-inch deep flooded plain, just tearing after something. And it was just like it startled us and kind of scared us, but at the same time, it was just spectacular. It was just amazing. And those kinds of things, you know, you, you put the headphones on and and you're going to miss those things. Yeah, that's I, I love the sound of Spain, the cowbells and the and the bird song, and I just Definitely. love the crunching of the feet under the of uh, under your feet. Did you use poles? I did use poles, and I'm am actually I I love using the poles, but I'm it's the one issue that I now have that I'm going to have to deal with. I really came back. Um, Italy was extremely, extremely steep and difficult. They don't know what a switchback is in Italy. So on the <laughs> Via di Francesco, literally, it was straight up, straight down, very rocky, uneven, gorgeous. And of course, the food is fantastic. But I ended up suffering a little tennis elbow, which has been, which has been lingering. And then my wrist also has been sore really ever since my first year of training using poles. I think I just strained it a little bit too much. So anyone that's that's planning on taking up, you know, the long distance hiking and using the poles, just be careful, be wary of not pushing too hard with the poles because I ended up with, you know, with some some issues, some recurring issues that I'm going to need to address and get, get to a sports. I'm, I'm going to go to a doctor of osteopathy and see see if I can get some uh, help with that. But I love poles, stability going downhill, um, you know, extra effort pushing up hills. Um, love them. Is the Camino for everyone? Absolutely. I mean, there, there are so many different ways to do it, Dan, as you know. You can, you can do it, you know, as a Touragrino, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can, you can sign up, um, uh, at, you know, as with one of the tour companies and have them ship your bags ahead and walk parts of it. I think everyone can get something from having that time of, of just moving their body and walking and, and seeing the different villages along the way, um, meeting the people that walk with you. So I can't imagine anyone that would not benefit from one aspect of it or however they want to do it. There's, there's no wrong way to do it. I often ask how and when the Camino bubbled to the surface in my guest's heart, but I'm going to ask you a little different question, I suppose. Bernie, 
did it need to bubble to the surface, do you think, in your heart? For me, gosh, it really, really, I really think it did need to. Um, like I said, I, you don't understand what you're dealing with really until you're able to have the time like you do on the way to be able to have introspection. And while I'd had, you know, a great life, I was a good teacher. Um, I was a good, you know, husband and a good parent. Uh, there, there was a part of me that was just so much not in the moment. And, and had I not been able to do the walk, I really never would have understood how that kind of ruled my life and, and drove my everyday existence. And so, um, had I not had it, I think I really would have missed out on, on, uh, on getting a lot of a sense of well-being and satisfaction that has come with, with that knowledge that, that I, I want to strive to, um, to be in the moment and to be present you know, really being present from one moment to the next with the people in your life, with, with anyone that you, that you care about or anyone that you even meet, just really being present for them and being with them. Uh, we have such a society of, of, you know, of, of uh, technology and, and, and being our attention diverted and, and news stories and the news cycle and all of that, that, Really being present um, is a gift that, that I try to give to everyone that I come in contact with. If someone is listening, thinking of walking, perhaps they're apprehensive, what would you say to them? I'd say listen to Dan Mullen's podcast. <laughs> and and gosh, to, uh, to I, I can't remember his name, that, that did the uh, Camino podcast that's up in Washington. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I do. I can't remember his name. Yeah, D Dave uh, something. He, he has a series of them. Um, you know, uh, get on the Camino de Santiago forum, watch the movies, read the books, um, and just go for it. You know, find, find someone in your community. We have a, a pretty active San Diego chapter of American Pilgrims on the Camino. I know the Australian uh, association has has a good pilgrim association as well. Um, it is for everyone. It it will change your life in in ways that you you'll never know until you try it. And what the hell? I mean, you know the the the, the acronym YOLO. You only live once. I mean, why not? Yeah, I think it's really interesting, Americans and Australians, because we share a very privileged life. We are indeed the lucky ones in many ways, and yet we seek a simpler life, don't we? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. I mean, we have the the affluence to be able to fly all the way over there and, and to be able to do it. And, and yeah, and, and it's a very, very ironic um, twist on it, if you will. Um, yeah, that's interesting, Dan. I never thought of that. Yeah, I kind of sometimes walk through those little villages. There are people leading stock with cane, you know, and and you think, 
I wonder what they think of us. Yeah. You know, this, this and- fellow from Sydney, Australia, this fellow from San Diego in the United States, and their, their expensive backpacks and their glamorous shoes, and look at them. I, I wonder what they make of us, because we do have a very privileged life, don't we? We do, yeah. I, that What brought to mind was just one particular small village we walked through, and and the 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 way went literally right kind of by this this elderly woman's house and and her house was on one side of the of the trail and and her garden was on the other side and she's she's out there bent over and the woman has to be in her mid 70s and she's you know working her ass off you know and and she's in her mid 70s and 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 it just is is really really um, brings that home to you that that their lives are are very different and yet they're they're living their lives. Yeah, a simple way of life that we all seek, Bernie. Hey, exactly. You've it's a been amazing. Thing. You've been honest and brilliant. You've been caring and sharing. And Bernie, I know our paths will continue to cross as the days, months, and years go by. Thank you so much for your time. You're so welcome, Dan, and I really appreciate your podcast. I've listened to them as I train, as I said, and I always look forward to hearing what your listeners and your your guests have to say. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pilgrim. And Buen Camino. Buen Camino to you. Take care, Dan. My guest this week, Bernie Bonar, an American pilgrim from San Diego. If hiking is the answer, who cares what the question is? Thanks for your continued support. I really do feel the love and support. And for a 51-year-old father and grandfather in Sydney, Australia, that is a miracle, a blessing, a shining light. Thank you. I'm Dan Mullins. Until next week, Buen Camino.